This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the d podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. to another edition of the D-Loop Podcast brought to you by Belief Network. I'm your host, Derek T. Lewis. And as the holiday season is here, you know, again, I hope you all are enjoying it all with your families and your friends and your loved ones. And I, I'm all done with my shopping. So that I'm, I'm, I'm excited about. And I hope that the missus uh, enjoys all of the wonderful, wonderful gifts that I got her this year. This is our first Christmas together. And I'm definitely looking forward to spending some quality time with her. But this past weekend was Monster Factory's uh, One Last Fight event, our last event of, this, of the uh, 2023 uh, calendar year, doing my ring announcer thing, and kudos to the entire roster that was on the show that showed out, you know, for the fans. And um, the main event delivered beyond belief, and that was one of probably the most violent match I've ever witnessed in my five-year history of being with the Monster Factory. And the ending, oh my goodness, to check out the replay of One Last Fight, just go over to Monster Factory's YouTube channel and you can actually uh, check it out for yourself. You will not be disappointed. But this week, this this interview I did, probably the biggest I've done thus far. This is no disrespect to anybody that I've interviewed on this show. I'm more than appreciative of you granting me your time and everything. You know what I mean? I'm very appreciative. But the woman that I that I had an opportunity to interview, she is a 16-time Grand Slam champion in MMA across four different promotions in, in, in the mixed martial arts sport. She's currently fighting in Bellator right now. She just uh, knocked out Katzengano two months ago at uh, Bellator 300. And she's going to be stepping back into the boxing ring on January the 19th. At WFC's 163 event out in California in the San Diego area as she takes on Kelsey Wickstrom. I'm talking about none other than the one and only Chris Cyborg. She sits down with me for about a good 12 to 13 minutes and we talk about everything going on in her career in MMA and in boxing. And after that interview is over, it's going to go right into the year-end special for pro wrestling with me and the one and only Gabby. So let's not wait any longer. My interview with Chris Cyborg in the year-end special with Gabby starts right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce a woman who is the only, the only MMA fighter in history to become a Grand Slam champion holding four world championships across Actually, more than four world championships. There's actually 16 world championships across four major MMA promotions. And on January the 19th, she's scheduled to step into the boxing ring to face Kelsey Wickstrom at WFC 163 at the Pachanga Resort Casino in Temecula, California. The one and only Chris Cyborg. Thank you so much for coming on to the d Podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me here on your show. I'm really excited for my next fight. I just come back from the training. We did a great sparring. And yeah, it's a challenge. I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited as well. But I want to get right into the interview. And again, it's uh, again an honor and a privilege to have you on. 
You're just coming off a huge first-round TKO against Katzengano at Bellator 300 about two months ago. How did it feel, you know, just personally, coming off such a dominant win after a 17-month layoff in MMA? 17-month uh, off at MMA? You know, for me, I was training. I was uh, having some issues. I was my manager, and they, they renewed the contract. And they finally, you know, we get a perfect time. We fight Katzengano. It was a great event and Bellator 300 is like epic event who's in life there was really cool. And yes, you know, I think every time is, is a God time, you know, if it happened that time was supposed to be. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So with that fight in the rear view, okay, has there been any other discussion, you know, regarding who your next opponent will be in Bellator? I know there was the the, the merge with PFL and everything, but maybe Kayla Harrison has anybody has any other um opponents been able to say, hey, we're gonna go ahead and get this done. You know, for defending the title for Bellator, you know, I was facing off Leah after the fight. It's supposed to be her if you're gonna continue the title in Bellator. But you know, I, um, the next fight will really build it up for three years. It's against Kayla Harrison. Uh, she's say about her last fight. She's ready. She wanna make the fight happen. You know, I think it's the fight that the all the fans are waiting. You know, we've been talking for three years almost, and I think everybody excited for this fight before because I was in Bellator, season PFL, so it was very hard to make. But now we're both, you know, both roof. I think this fight is very close to happen. Does she pose any, you know, as far as difficulty based off of what you've seen from her in all of her fights? Um, you know, um, Kayla Harris is a great athlete, you know, she's, but I don't believe she has more wrestling than me, you know, but I think she's doing great in the fights. Uh, but I believe, I mean, long time in the mixed martial arts, I've been training everything and I can, I can make her a lot of trouble in the fight for sure. I think she never fights somebody like me. But they're going to be excited to fight, you know. She's have a heart. She want to fight. It's going to be good. Well, you know, the fight fans, we demand, you know, the best to fight the best. You know what I mean? Regardless of which promotion it is. So yes. I want to I want to switch over to um to boxing just a little bit. What was the deciding factor that led you to getting into boxing at this stage of your career? Now, first, I was supposed to have a dream. I have a dream, have one boxing fight. It was supposed mm -hmm. to be only one fight and that. Uh, you know, but start to open the door, open the opportunities. You know, my second fight, uh, I got a call saying, Chris, you'd like fighting the Crawford card. And they say, I was thinking, oh, no, I'm not being trained. They say, no, Chris, it's a great opportunity. So they step it up, you know, two weeks training. And the fought first time did this in my career. I did it before MMA, four weeks, three weeks in notice. And they say, okay, let's do it. And now I was just fought Katzingano. I was chill. I say, you know, I'm going to rest. And they got a call, Chris, you know, would like to fight in the car in January. And they just continue, you know, training. I was coming from the great shape. It just continue training. And it's nice, you know, it's the opportunity. Oh, God, they opened the door for me. And I love challenge. Is there going to be a great fight for continue, you know, training, improving my game for MMA? Got it. I mean, it's all important as far as being a well-rounded athlete. I mean, obviously, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, we already know. <laughs> On the ground, yeah. <laughs> there is no other like Chris Cyborg. Again, and you alluded to it, you know, as far as the second fight, but you made your boxing debut uh, last year against Simone Silva. Then, of course, your second fight against Gabrielle Holloway, both ending in a unanimous decision. What were some of those challenges you faced, you know, going from MMA to boxing? You know, it's a lot of things different. You know, people say, oh, OK, because they make mixed martial arts, it's the same thing in boxing. It's not. It's all different. Girls, like, I usually fight five rounds in five minutes. I'm going to fight a two-minute round. It's different. Will the speed is different. Um, the, everything is different. The way you do your base, you know, uh, may when you kick, is different base the boxing. For block the kick, for kick, the movement, you know, uh, it's all different. Uh, um, but, you know, I believe all this improve, make me sharp. If I see things in boxing, for sure, I'm going to see things in MMA. You know, because in the box, you, you can see just the body, up body. You know, you work on footwork, yes. But the punch is coming from the upper body. So you get a, you sharp when you come to MMA. So, and you know, I met Benavidez team here training with a coach, Jose. And I love it because I improved my game. I learned it. And yeah, I'm ex excited for the next one. Definitely, definitely. Which boxers past and present 
have you watched as you made your transition into boxing? You know, I I watch I like I like to watch Pacquiao. You know, I went a couple of times running with him in Los Angeles to have a fight. I met him in person. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good guy. He really helped the community, humble. You know, and he was he's he's a legend in sport. So I look to him, and you know, I look to Canelo. Uh, now I see. I mean, the team Benavides. I've been watching him, Benavides, Virgil. I have the opportunity to take a training with his father, and I watch him. So, you know, have a little guys, uh, bigger guys I've been watching. And, you know, the people, uh, the girls coming to my, when I have MMA fights, I invite the girls to do sparring for me. You know, some amateur girls from boxing, some professional box. So I always try to help the community in women's box. I think it's then really work really hard. So for me, this is like an example for anything, you know, for me learning from boxing. Got it, got it. So let's talk about your opponent. Coming up on January the 19th, Kelsey Wickstrom. She's a Southpaw who's 2-0 with one by way of knockout. Based off what you've seen from her two fights, if you've seen any film, what challenge does she bring to Chris Cyborg on January the 19th? You know, everybody stepping the cage on a fight to me, bring some challenge. You know, um, I come to her sport. She's come from boxing. You know, uh, I prepare well. I do my best. I went there doing boxing. You know, I know people say, of course, you're going to do box. Yeah, but you know, MMA, boxing is different than real boxing. So I've been here, uh, get out of my house, we stay in the Christmas training. You know, I'm going to be with my family. I'm going to be training because they really take it serious. And they want to do great fights and with Kelsey. You know, I alluded to this in, in my intro when, you're, again, we're talking about all of your accolades you've had in the world of mixed martial arts. What does all of that success mean to Chris Cyborg? Uh, first, uh, I believe, uh, think about you are an example for a lot of girls. Young girls want to be a fighter. So people look to you. So it's going to become a hard time. It is, but have one reason you were there. When you, I'm a long, long time champion in my career. So it's, it's important, you know, is the get the belt is hard, but keep champions the hardest. You know, you have to keep humble yourself, learning every day. Even if you're champion, even if you're famous, if you have a lot of money, you have to really respect your team. And be humble to learn, you know, uh, you don't know everything, you, you know, even thinking sometimes you think, you know, but you have to step, be humble and you continue to work hard. You know, I continue to work hard in my whole career, like I'm the container number one, even though I was defending my title. So I think this is the most important. Got it. Got it. Now, are there any other boxes on the horizon that you have your eyes on? Now, obviously, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm active. I saw the <laughs> verbal spat with you and Clarissa Shields, you know, a champion in her own right, you know, in the world of boxing. And she's been, you know, dominant in, in that regard. Do you see that fight happening? And if so, if if, if it was if the cards were in your if, if, if it was up to you, would that fight happen in the cage or would that happen in the boxing ring? No, much respect to Clarissa Shields. You know, I watched her fights. I went to her fights. You know, uh, for me, it's boxing. You know, it's the opportunity coming up for me. It's, uh, it's funny everybody calling my name. You know, eighteen years in the mixed martial arts sport, everybody calling my name. This is really blessed. You know, uh, I believe it like this: we can fight boxing, we can fight MMA. Uh, we just have to figure out uh, the how much is going to be the fight. You know, I know the women's box no pay like the MMA, women's MMA. Like I making money in MMA. So about the weight class too. So she's fighting 150, 160 something. Right. So probably I will fight. If this fight happens, it's going to be 145. Is the division I want to fight. I fight MMA 145. So I don't know. We can make one MMA and one boxing. You know, I don't know. But, you know, uh, much respect for the champ. You know, I'm here for training, learning. If we're going to put in a great fight for the fans, why not? Well, let me tell you something. If that fight happens, if it does, I would love to be there to witness history in the making. Now, what are what are some of your goals going into the new year in 2024? Uh, my goal is to uh, come here with a great victory. You know, it was a great fight January 19th. I know it's going to have a lot of news for next year because I have a lot of, you know, the PFL, Bar, Bellator. So we're going to have different girls, uh, different scene. Everybody thinking who's going to be the next. I'm really excited for this, this year come up. And But I'm really focused on Kelsey, January 19th. 
and doing my best and doing the great. I want to do the biggest fight for my fans in MMA or in boxing, but I want to do the biggest fight for everybody enjoy. You know, I, I have more two years in my career. I want to complete the 20 years and I want to end in the biggest fight and the great fight for my fans. Definitely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you can check out Chris Cyborg versus Kelsey Wickstrom at WFC 163 on January the 19th at the Pachanga Resort Casino in Temecula, California. You can get your tickets now at worldfightingchampionships.com. Chris, thank you so much. It is an honor, truly an honor to have a legend in combat sports, you know, grace the DLU podcast with the presence. I appreciate you more than you know. I want to say thank you for seeing everyone, my fans. Thank you for people from boxing. For me, it's a new sport, new thing for me, new fans, new base. You know, I really love it. I the love the people sent to me. And it's really a pleasure being at your podcast. I wish you thank luck for you and God bless. Thank you so much, Chris. Well, I'm back now with the wonderful Gabby. She's once again joining the DLU podcast for our the year-end uh, special in regards to the world of professional wrestling. Gabby, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Again, thanks for having me as always. I, I love being here. Well, again, like I said, you're you're a part of this, this journey. You're a part of the show, and I definitely appreciate it. I'm still in shock that I interviewed Chris Cyborg. Like, this is... So cool. Like, I'm so excited and so happy for you. Like, I'm just hats off, man. Hats off. Thank you. I appreciate it. And then, again, thanks goes to you and it, many folks that's been on this show, all my guests and everyone that's listened. I mean, and building in, you know, and building the audience, you know, brick by brick. You know what I mean? Rome wasn't built in the day. And now there's D Loop podcast, but we're moving onward and uh, forward. That's for sure. But like I said, this episode, you know, we're not breaking down any shows. We're not breaking down any events. We're just going to just give our year-end DLU podcast awards, so to speak. I don't, I'll don't. i think of a name maybe next year or something. Like that. I don't know. But we're, <laughs> we're going to give out, we're going to talk about, you know, and this is between AEW and WWE and Impact, just to let you guys know, in regards to what we think, you know, as far as in, in some of these categories. So. Let's start off with Breakout Star of the Year. Gabby, the floor is yours. So my Breakout Star of the Year is Trick Williams. Mm, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Give us a okay, case. So break that down. Uh, I think that everyone thought that Trick and Mello just clicked together. And I think they definitely do. Like, we're not denying that. Um, I think Trick showed up and was like, you know what? I could do this with or without Melo. And I love it. He's shown that he is a great star in the ring. He's shown he's a great star on the mic. Like, I just, I love it. I'm here for it. I like Trick Williams, too. And to me, it's like, when and, and I've always thought he was a star. Even going mm -hmm. back to when he first got on television. Like, I'll never forget when him and Melo first appeared on television. And I told Melo this last year at Mania when <laughs> Trick said, Trick and Melo go together like peanut butter and jelly, Shaq and Kobe, or Trick Williams and big booty women. <laughs> I said, love okay. And I love the barbershop stuff they were doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought that was just, just good stuff, fun stuff. But for me, my breakout star is from AEW, and her name is Julia Hart. All right, talk to me. Why we pick Julia? Because, number one, she was just, I thought she was filling in space in House of Black mm -hmm. in the beginning. But she literally just became a star, a, a, I guess a star is born in a sense, obviously having some damn good matches. This feud with Sky Blue is mm -hmm. really, is propelling her, and now she's, the, you know, the, she's not about the TNT, the TNT champion now, mm -hmm. the TBS champion. I'm sorry. I get the two channels mixed up. You know what I'm saying? But I really felt as though that she really climbed, which I, cause no, I, to me, I don't think the way that she was positioned, especially with women's wrestling. Weird little, yeah, yeah. She was doing the varsity blondes thing, thing. And she yeah. turned heel and joined house of black. And I thought she was just going to be a ballet. I didn't think they were going to ever showcase what she can do in the ring. Mm -hmm. And she she's put on some damn good matches on television. So 
that's why I gave her the breakout star of the year because of where she was. Because I mean, because we all knew where Trick's trajectory was going to go. We already knew that. And I'm mm-hmm. not taking anything away from Trick as far as mm-hmm. breaking out and, and on his own in a sense. I always knew he would be there. But for someone like Julia, and especially in a company where historically so far in their short history, women, the booking of women's wrestling hasn't been the most consistent. Absolutely. But they, but they truly, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, I think the, in her rising the way she did, I think it was good. So that was my breakout star of the year. Next is the most underrated wrestler. Who you got? Um, it's crazy, but I think he put on some great matches this year. Oh, thank you, Chad Gable. <laughs> we have the same one for yeah. sure. Definitely have Chad he, Gable listed as my most underrated as well. I have to be honest with you. Having, you know, having met Chad Gable, having, you know, had a chance to talk to him in L.A. And just to see about his, like, we talked about his origin or, like, how he got started in wrestling. Yeah, obviously, when he was in the Olympics and everything. And he was the very first Olympian I ever interviewed. And I, that was an mm-hmm. honor for me. But just to see what he can do, not just in the ring, because we all know he's 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 damn good at what he does. Mm-hmm. But the sports entertainment side of it. And I'm Absolutely. he's, he's given me... Year two thousand Kurt Angle vibes, in regards yes. to the the comedy, the goofiness, and mm-hmm. the but try, trying to be wholesome all at the same time. The dynamic with Otis and and Maxine, and you have um Tazawa in the mix now with the Alpha Academy. It it's just, just works. Pure, it, it works. Just works. And mm-hmm. they're not for and they're not force feeding it. They're not forcing it. They're just making it happen. So that's my pick for underrated wrestler. What what was your reason behind it? Uh, similar reasons. Um, I think that he has got his chance to shine this year. We're able to see more of his personality. Like everyone knows he can go in the ring. That's never been a question about him. Um, I just think that they finally gave him a chance to just go. And I truly would love to see him be the one to take the strap off of our boy. Like I know that that ship, he had his match. Um, but I still wouldn't mind if he would be the one to take the strap. Like, I just, I want to see it. Well, you know, like I said, there's a lot that can happen between now and April 6th and 7th at WrestleMania. So Absolutely. for all we know, because I know the as we're recording this on a Monday night, um, I know The Miz is scheduled to face Gunther. Mm-hmm. I think one is like kind of like a last chance type of thing mm-hmm. match. And I yep. mean, I, I I hope they don't. I mean, because again, the Miz don't need the belt. <laughs> I mean, the Miz absolutely, he doesn't need it. He doesn't but need I think it. That it gives him a chance to bring some more eyes to the belt because we all can't deny like the when the Miz is involved with anything, like you're going to get the eyes on it, you're going to get the attention on it, like continue to build that belt up more. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, let's go. All right. Next, we're going to talk about who was the. Uh, not, and again, we were we were allowed to choose two. The workhorses of wrestling this year. You go. All right. So for my workhorses, I I have to go with Orange Cassidy. Mm -hmm. My second is Athena. I think that they both have put on banger after banger for AEW and for Ring of Honor the entire Mm -hmm. year. Um, Orange Cassidy goes out there damn near weekly and defends that title. Mm-hmm. And he does not have squash matches. Orange Cassidy is not giving you a one, two, three pen. He's right. giving you a full match. Athena, I don't think she gets enough credit for what she does for the women's division in general. I think that she honestly should have been number one in PWI, but that's a rant for the other day. Um, mm-hmm. I think that she is highly underrated. And I think she's been busting her ass all year. Same thing with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And I mean, I have one of yours. And I have somebody else as my workhorses. Um, one is Orange Who Cassidy, and the other one is Seth Rollins, because they yeah. put the world the world title on him to really be the workhorse. Mm-hmm. They really put the title on him to go out there and put on match after match, and he's put on some great, great match. I mean, not to say that he hasn't, but I really felt as though that it was his point that it was his year to prove that he was he's truly one of the best in the world, and having the title, you know, and time after time after time, he's going out there proving it. And then, of course, Orange Cassidy, I mean, obviously the matches he's had this year with the international title. Uh, to me, I think the international title 
is far more important than the TNT title, to be honest Agreed with you. Agreed 100%. I think it's if they did away, war. yeah, if mm-hmm. they did away, for example, if they did away with the TNT title and just made it the international title as the mid-card title, I'd be fine with it. I would. Because mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy has gone out there and he has, def- I mean, literally made the, the belt credible. You know what I mean? He put the importance on it. I mean, there's been some heavy hitters that he's beaten. Obviously, there's been some, obviously, Moxley held it and that type of thing. But I think Orange Cassidy, because everyone, and again, remember, when Orange Cassidy first got onto the national scene in AEW, a lot of people didn't understand the sunglasses, the last days ago attitude, the hands Mm -hmm. in the pockets, and The the, the little kicks, and the little this and that. But once... Once he takes off the veil and really shows what he could do in the ring, real ones know. When when mm-hmm. new, real ones that know ball, they know ball. They know what Orange Cassidy can do. So that was my two picks for the two workhorses in in professional wrestling. And like I, like I said, Athena. Hey, listen, you know it, it, I and I know we're gonna we're gonna do something talking about women's wrestling soon on another platform. We'll talk about that a little later. But Athena. To me, I've always felt like this whole year, like she's been out there just boom, boom. And I think she's been, she, this is a better run match quality Absolutely. than she was when she was in NXT and the WWE. This is the run of her career. And I hope it continues to grow. We can say that moving forward. But like, if you look at her entire body of work for when she was in Ring of Honor the first time, when she right. was in NXT, when she was in main roster, like this is run has been flawless she right. has shown that she can get busy in the ring she's been great on the mic mm-hmm. she has just she her her development she's just she's killing it you can't deny it no 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 100 no, and i mean i i really enjoy what she's doing and putting credibility on the belt and hopefully that into 2024 you know she you know bigger and better things but she can actually be highlighted and not be put on the pre-show but actually put on you know put on a main show on a, of a of a pay-per-view where she can definitely be featured now we're gonna move on to match of the year. Go ahead. My match of the year is MJF and Daniel Bryanson, or Brian Danson, who now you want to refer to him as uh, their <laughs> Iron Man match. Is my okay. match of the year. Mm-hmm. That is just that match was flawless. That match reminded everyone that MJF is not just typical heel. We all see heels like they cheat to win. They really don't have to wrestle that great. It's great if they can, but like they're gonna cheat, right? So like. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter. MJF has shown you multiple times this year that like I can go toe to toe with the best of the best and win. I can put on certified bangers and not just yeah. take the heel way out of cheating. Right. I can go toe to toe with who you think I can. There's a lot of times we want our heels to cheat to win, mm-hmm. but I think in some instances there has to be that those times of like, hey man, you were the better man tonight. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Even though mm-hmm. you're a piece of trash, you are still the better man tonight. So I get I get what you're saying. And that, that match was great. I chose a match from WrestleMania 39, okay. Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. And having been there, mm-hmm. I could tell you, and you were there too, those two wrestled like their at their lives absolutely depended on it because they were they wrestled. Like with the chip on their shoulder because they were supposed to have been the main event. They should have been, and that and, and they, they wanted. They had a point to prove, and goddamn it, they proved it. They did, and I mean, it was it, you, you when you saw Charlotte outside the ring when 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 Rhea won, and she was like smiling. I think she mm-hmm. knew. Yeah, we we killed it, and I mean, just the aura of the match, like it was the entrances, a, the entrances, just, oh. the just them standing in the ring being introduced. Um, you know, Mike, you know, Mike the face was to in, face, the mm-hmm. face to face. And I mean, the stature, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I think it just made Rhea, granted, Rhea was already a star. She became a superstar, in my it, opinion. It just pushed her. It just, absolutely, trajectory just rock the strap, the rocket to her. Cause I ended up again, I interviewed her um, during the press junket, you know, mm-hmm. for, for WrestleMania the night before, the day before, as a matter of fact. And cause it was SmackDown, um, Wait, what was it? I forget which day. I think it was SmackDown Thursday, Raw Friday, I think. That's how, how it worked out, as far mm-hmm. as Superstar is concerned. But the, because uh, I think, because she was going for the SmackDown women's title, even though she was a Raw superstar yeah. on Rhea Ripley. 
And I had mentioned, you know, the match from three years prior, WrestleMania 36 with no fans. And I said, what was the difference between then and now? And she said, I'm a better, you know, I'm a better rear rifter than I was three years ago. Charlotte, you know, she thinks that I'm that same woman, but she's going to find out when we get in the ring that she, it's going to be a totally different ball game. And Rhea stepped her game up truly. And I was so proud of the both of them going out there and proving why they're, again, why women's wrestling should matter. Absolutely. They were actually uh, my close second. I fought back and forth with that. Yeah, I, 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 right then I knew, I said, when I went, when I was leaving, granted, when we, when we obviously it was the, uh, the Usos and uh, Kevin, mm-hmm. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, don't get me wrong, hell of a match, the, 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 the only tag, Charlotte, the second, Charlotte and yeah, should have made the main event, absolutely. Right, they were the second tag team match to ever main event WrestleMania, I mean, which was history in the making, but, I felt as though I said, man, I said, if they would have had those women main like make closing out that show, I said, whoo. But I think, you know, we all real ones know. You know what Absolutely. I mean? This is no and this is no disrespect to the Usos, no None. disrespect to uh KO. Right, just an opinion, <laughs> right. All right. So we're gonna go to surprise of the year. You go. All right. So my surprise of the year is from SummerSlam in Detroit. Shout out to 313, shout out to home. Um, the ending of the women's match with Bianca Belair and EO cashing in. Um, mm. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my surprise of the year. Um, I know it's a kind of a random pick for surprise of the year, but I feel like the other surprises of the year, like Edge going to AEW, it was like we knew it, but we didn't know it, but we kind of knew it. Like I, right. I think like surprises this year have not truly been surprises. Um, and that ending truly surprised me. Like I did not read that anywhere. I did not, that was nowhere yeah. spoiled for me. Um, that just was a great moment for women's wrestling that was not spoiled and was truly a surprise to me. Now, my surprise of the year has something to do with a woman. And it was Trinity going to impact wrestling. Really? Tell mm-hmm. me more. I was under the impression that things were going to go. I think things were going to smooth over with WWE, being that you know, being that there was a regime change. Mm-hmm. I thought and they were going to right, and I I literally thought that. So to see her go to Impact, and to be honest with you, she's putting on some great matches there too. Absolutely. You know, obviously the matches, you know, Deanna Perazzo and you know the, the Sunny Kiss, and the list goes on and on. Of, of of the countless wrestlers that are there. And I mean, it, like I said before, I say it again, Impact, now going to be TNA um, in January, yes. TNA, you know, keep, don't, don't, don't stop watching them or, or keep, definitely keep your eyes on them because they're, they're making noise. And I mean, I like the fact that they're sticking to what they do. They're sticking mm-hmm. to what they do and how they produce. The only thing I wish, though, is that they were live every week. But again, when you're trying to stick with it within a budget, and I totally understand, it costs money to tour. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Renting buildings and you know getting talent to and from, and there's all this other stuff you have to con- you have to consider them kind of staying, you know, within what they're doing. Hey, if it works for them, it works for them. So I'm I'm proud of what Scott Demore and those guys are doing over there. I can appreciate the fact that, like you said, they're staying in their lane. They mm-hmm. respectfully know they are not competing with AEW. They are not really competing with WWE. They're fine. This sounds weird. They're fine being the mid card. You know what I mean? Like they're cool hanging out. Like we do what we do. It's great. We know what we're good at. We're gonna capitalize on that. Let's just stay in our lane and master that. And that's that works. That's okay. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And, like I, and said, I will say that I saw Trinity at Wale Mania and mm-hmm. they asked her about what she was doing. And you could tell like she she wants to get back in the ring or she wanted to get back in the ring, but she also mm-hmm. seemed very uncertain at that time. And I don't know like if that was truly uncertain or was she playing it up? I don't know. I don't care. Right. But you could tell like the fire was still there and she was hurt that she was not in the ring. So I'm glad that she did pop up somewhere. Um, And she's happy. Like she's putting on great matches. You can Mm -hmm. tell like 
the quality of matches she's putting on, you can tell, like, I'm not taking anything away from her WWE runs. Like, she's happy. She's having fun. She's able to truly be herself, own her character, own everything, and just have fun. And I think people forget about that part of the business, right? Because you go to work, you do what you got to do, and you go home. Like, having fun matters. Right. And when someone's having fun, it shows in their match quality. It shows in everything they do. So being happy is grossly underrated. Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing, too. Sometimes, and Punk said in the promo last week, sometimes you got to leave. You know what I mean? Think about how much better Cody Rhodes got in the ring as far as just being a ring general and just do literally like Mm -hmm. watch Cody Rhodes. In early WWE, all the things that he did over those six years when he worked every indie he possibly could. Mm -hmm. He worked the indie circuit, worked the indie circuit, did Ring of Honor, did New Japan. Obviously, you know, start up AEW and everything. So he was working with all these these different styles and was able to kind of morph it into his own. I think Uh that's good. And maybe when eventually, I think Trinity's going to go back home. She will. And I I think she's going to be far better for it. Having done that, even um Mercedes Monet, you know what I'm saying, or Sasha Banks, whatever <laughs> you want to call her, like she she went over to Japan and she got to do what she wanted to do. She wanted she won the the, the IWGP she had women's a bucket title. list. Yep, absolutely. She brought she attention to mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So now she's she's done it, and who knows what? Again, there's been speculation, there's rumor and innuendo about where she's going to end up in 2024. We'll see, but. Again, I think when they all leave, I think it's good that they do and get better and just, you know, sharpen their skills a little bit. Absolutely. Um, I think we'll see what happens with Trinity's defense coming up. And that'll tell us, be very telling um, mm-hmm. on to how things are going to play out in the near future. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that's all we can do is just sit and wait. Mm-hmm. All right. So feud of the year. So my feud of the year, I got to bring it to NXT, is Melo and Dragunov. They have put on some bangers, and they're still going. I just, it's been a hell of a year for the two of them. They both have improved so much. The matches get better each time. They kill in the ring. They kill it on the mic. Just, it's not stale, right? They've mm-hmm. been going at each other's necks for a while now. And I'm not like, all right, I'm not bored with it. And I'm like, all right, I guess they're going to be just the next pay-per-view. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's just, it keeps, right. I just, I'm sold, man. Mine, um, you, you might be shocked at it. Mm-hmm. Ray and Dom. Okay. Because of, because how personal it was. You're dealing, I mean, first of all, when Dom told his mom to shut up, when you had the microphone now ladies and gentlemen excuse what me and gabby you got to understand the dynamic you know when it comes to us okay <laughs> we don't talk back to our moms like that. nah man we don't talk to moms like that <laughs> no 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 no, no. we 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 don't quick. we don't do that because you know you just There's, don't like you just it's don't just, do you it. Just don't man, you just don't do it. You don't do it. Tread lightly, or that, or that's your ass. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can say about that. But the milking of it till Ray finally gave in and accepted his challenge, the entrances at WrestleMania. You figure with Dom coming out of the paddy wagon with Ray's mm-hmm. mat with the mask on, and it was crazy because it looked like Ray's clone mm-hmm. when he had his mask on. Mm-hmm. He's a and then, and then, of course, Ray's coming out with Snoop's Lowrider to nothing but a G thing. And then they play Eddie's music. And then, of course, they hit his music. So it was a good feeling. And if I ever get a chance to interview Don Mysterio, the first thing I'm going to ask him is, on the real, what was going through your mind standing across the ring from your father at WrestleMania? I mean, just even the fact that your father, the night before got into the hall of fame right and like i know that the mexican family is very tight and very close-knit and like how hard was it for you to play that heel and hate your father knowing that deep down you are so proud of that man 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, I that would be my question for Dom. You know what I mean? Like, if I ever had a test to sit down with him, it would be like, how hard was it knowing that your father is your hero and the reason why you're in the business and you're doing all of these great things because of your father and because of the role you're playing, you have to hate it, even though secretly you're so right, 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 and you're so happy and you want to cry, right? Because that is your dad's moment, and I mean, now you got to go the next day, right? And you got to fight him. And the story about how Angie put her career medicine on hold to support Absolutely. him in his wrestling career. Mm-hmm. I said, and you see why he 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 treats her she goes like a, without oh, she goes without nothing. Oh yeah, Louis Louis up and down. You know what I mean? All she day. wears the fun all day. Absolutely. Shout out to Ray Mysterio. Shout out Absolutely. to the whole family, man. And um, we're gonna move on to tag team of the year. And I know it's a little bit rocky. When it comes to tag team wrestling in, in in the modern day, because there's a lot of makeshift tag teams, there's a lot of, uh, there, there, it's, it's a lot. It's you been know? a weird year for tag teams. Like I just, I was debating this with someone earlier and I'm like, the natural choice would be FTR, but like no shade to FTR. I'm just like, you didn't do it for me this year. Like, and I'm not saying FTR doesn't put on bangers because they do. We all know. The FTR is a great tag team, but like they check their boxes, right? Nothing's wrong with checking their boxes, but like, right? I just, it's just a weird year for tag team wrestling. With that being said, I did not pick FTR. My tag team of the year actually are the Creed Brothers from NXT. I think that they um, have had a great year. They are a true tag team. We mentioned that again, this year has been like random people taming up together. Um, Big deal I, I just had to get. We're not going to go there. <laughs> we're not doing that today or tomorrow. MJF and Adam Cole. We're not doing that today or tomorrow. Um, I just got to give it to the Creamers this year. Who you got? Who'd you give it to? I, I gave it to my boys. FTR man. It's like they're they're our modern day Tully and Arn, and I grew up on yeah. Tully and Arn, and just them just staying. You know what I mean? Like they really, really enjoy being a tag team it's not something mm-hmm. that's forced it's not something that the boss is making them do no this is something that they truly love and they, and they want to keep the art form alive that's why i chose them as my tag team of the year and i'm hopeful that more like genuine tag teams are coming to the surface in 2024 because as much as you know you can have some you know some makeshift tag team that could be for just a common cause of like okay you got these two baby faces that hate these two heels okay let's beat them up because we don't like them and they don't like us okay mm-hmm. as a one-off that's that's you know what i mean like for example like back in the day the mega powers obviously hogan and, and, and the macho man they never held tag team gold before right. but everyone everyone talks about them because their common enemies were the million dollar man uh, andre the giant you know so they had all these common enemies and it was for the greater good of okay we're gonna please the fans you know i both are the you got the macho madness and hulkamania coming together like this so mm-hmm. that's one thing but to me like the like the golden jets you know I mean, i'm not really a fan of it and before i go any further prayers and um and and uh, positive vibes and energies going out to kenny omega Dealing with diverticulitis, that is no joke. No, it's not. Um, Brock Lesnar dealt with that. Actually, my coach Danny Cage at Monster Factory dealt with that once upon a time. So, like I said, positive vibes and energies to um to Kenny Omega and um, best wishes on your recovery. But I really didn't like the the Golden Jets. I get it; they're both from Winnipeg. That's a play on the Winnipeg Jets hockey team. If you guys didn't know, but I really didn't. I really it wasn't digging. I don't it, see it. I mean? No, I don't see it. Those are two, you know, singles guys. Former world champions. I think it was right. a bucket list thing for Jericho because Jericho's getting up in the age and he wanted to hang out with Kenny Omega and they said, all right, hang out with Kenny Omega for a couple months. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, it just be. doesn't, it's not, it doesn't do it for me. And like, again, easy choice to the Bucks. Nah, I'm straight. Like, we're not playing that. Right. I just, Usos, they haven't even been together. Like, they're just, it's just a weird year for tag it team was. wrestling. It was. I, it, I don't it know. It was. I'm just you, to be honest with you. I'm hoping that the Gorillas of Destiny come over to the E. They got yeah. to, like I. They need to come over and somehow if Jimmy and Jay can get their stuff together and get back together, and th- those are some matches I would love to see. But moment of the year, moment of the year. I think I'm going to go first with this one. Go, my boy, Pepsi Phil. 
Phil Brooks, Philip Jack Brooks, better known to the world as CM Punk, returning to the WWE at Survivor Series. Same and I mean, something that you never thought you would ever see again. Ever. Ever. Now, we could talk about Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. We could talk about the Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. Brett. Bruno San Martino, Bret Hart. The list goes on and on. Heck, Stone Cold took his ball and went home one time. Yep. They all come back. Mm-hmm. I was I was of the firm belief. I said, Punk is going to be that one guy that's not going to come back. We talked about this multiple times, and I was like, nah, I don't think it's going to happen. It's not no. going to happen. We're not going to do that. I honestly did not mm-hmm. think it was going to happen. And in the fashion that he's back and how ingratiated he is with the product lets me know a lot of things that he never wanted to leave there. I think no, he, but like he you did, said earlier, sometimes you just you got You have go. to leave. When he when go. he made that comment about he when he talked about please that a wise man once told me you have to leave in order to come back. Mm-hmm. He's like, you have to get away for a while. And I mean, think of it this way. Look at the moves that he made outside of WWE. The year that he left, months later, obviously, he released that podcast with, with Cole Cabana. And then, um, and then um, a couple of mm-hmm. weeks later, he signs with the UFC. And he mm-hmm. trains for two years. He he fights Mickey Gall. And then two years later, he fights that guy, Mike Jackson. And that was it for him in regards to uh, MMA. But he's he was doing um, Cage Fury fighting championships, I think is what it's called. He does commentary for was. them. So he's he still doing still, it, too. He was, mm-hmm. Right, he still is, yeah. So... He's doing that. And then, of course, he finessed his way onto WWE backstage by being employed by Fox, which I thought was pure freaking genius. Mm-hmm. What, what did um, um, Rick Ross call 50 Cent the diabolical genius the other mm-hmm. day? Hey, man, you got you to mention Punk in that one, too, because he basically finessed it. I mm-hmm. truly believe he wanted to be back. He wanted to I be back into the fold. But I just think that it was just all timing. Because, I mean, truly... This merger, I truly believe, is why he's back. Because I don't think that with Vince was still in charge. There's no way in hell. There was no way in hell it was going to happen. And I think that Vince would be open, but I don't think Punk would have been, like, comfortable coming back on a handshake from Vince. You know what I mean? Like Right, right. And I think that, obviously, with, with a new environment, new like a new way of doing business, that's that was super important. I think I'm glad that, A, Triple H and and um Hunt and Punk were able to kind of mend fences. I hear Punk is a, a hit down at NXT. Like mm-hmm. everyone's like been really, he's been really helping out. And mm-hmm. here's something I just found out today: Leo Rush was on a, doing an interview, and he said that Punk was trying. He Punk pitched an idea for Danielle Fischel, known as Topanga from Boy Meets World, to come to AEW and manage Leo Rush because she's a fan of Leo Rush. Mm-hmm. Leo, I read I, I heard that earlier, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm like, so for all this Where stuff that everyone was saying, <laughs> Punk is this, he's a cancer, and he's this, and he's that, and you're hearing all these stories coming out now about how he was really trying to make a difference, how he was trying to help. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder: was it resentment, or why they were treating him the way that they were? Absolutely, absolutely. The things that make you go, hmm. Because I'll be honest with you, you've been here a lot more. Um, and again, I do not, and, and for all intents and purposes, for any AEW fan that's listening, I do not want that company to fail. I want no. them to succeed beyond everything in this world. I honestly do. I don't consider myself an AEW fan. I don't consider myself a WWE fan. I don't consider myself a New Japan, Impact, MLW, any of those. I am a wrestling fan. Gabby's a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. We talk and we're voices for the wrestling fan. We're not, tr- we're not. Being a shill for a company. Mm-hmm. Thank you, WWE Shop, for be- giving me that uh, that brand affiliate. I appreciate it. But I'm just saying, I'm not a shill. I'm open, right? Like open. I enjoy the product. I enjoy all of the things. I am not just like I'm not a hater, right? I'm, I'm, a, not- I'm gonna tell you when you're right, when you're wrong, and when you're indifferent. One I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm not gonna be up here and praise all of the great things that happened to this company and. Forget that they didn't have the other one. Like, no, actually, right. I'm gonna. I'm like your parent. I'm gonna call you out when you're right, wrong, or indifferent. Right. I got your back. But like, we're gonna have to have a talk about it. Absolutely, and I mean, like I said, I want them. To, I want them to succeed. But 
But all in all, Punk being back in, in, in WWE, like I said, they're doing big business. You know, obviously he has the number one selling T-shirt right now. His merch is, is selling. Um, obviously he's doing extremely well. And I just hope that him and, you know, with whatever business he's going to do with Seth Rollins, I hope it's all great for the, for the industry. And let's see what happens from there. But mm -hmm. we're going to talk about pay-per-view pay of the year. Okay. You go. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, WrestleMania night one. Okay. I can, without a I can, of a doubt. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I think that night two was great. However, I think that the bangers, for instance, are Charlotte and our Rhea, um, all came out of night one of WrestleMania. And I don't mm -hmm. think that anyone came near that star power of Mania night one. Got it. What got you got it. for me? What you got? Believe it or not, backlash. All right, talk to me. Tell me. Interesting choice. Let's talk. Okay, first of all, let let's call it for what it is. I believe entrance of the year goes to Bad Bunny. <laughs> Fair. That and 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 the, and the match that he had with Damian Priest. You know, think about think about this for a second. You, you're talking about. You know, guys from the same you know town that on the same island. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that was that was huge. Bianca Belair obviously wrestled Io Sky. That was a damn good match. Mm -hmm. Seth Rollins had wrestled Omas for what it was worth. Eh, it was okay. It was a good match. Um, Austin Theory wrestled you know Bobby Lashley, Rhea Ripley, and and uh, Zelina Vega. Obviously, with Zelina coming home, that was a real emotional Absolutely. for her. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, and of course the the Brock. Cody match and then a bloodline tag match. But to me, it was the fans that helped make that event what it was. Absolutely. The it was the fans. It was truly the fans. It was, without a doubt. So night and in night one of WrestleMania, I mean, like I said, that was incredible. You know what I mean? It's just the way it's just the way the matches flowed. The event mm -hmm. flowed. I, I really I loved it. I really enjoyed it. So we got two more. Two more of these uh, categories. We're going to go right. with female wrestler of the year. Athena. Okay. Athena. Easily. I've been preaching the greatness of Athena every time I'm on this podcast. So I'm going to save everybody and tell them to go back and listen to me earlier. Um, I just think Athena does not get the love and appreciation she deserves because everyone thinks of Ring of Honor as a dark um, and they don't treat it as a true brand as itself. Right. Hopefully that changes soon. Um, I've heard rumblings and I've seen the pictures of the Ring of Honor Women's Mid-Card title. Hopefully that will bring the some more eyes. Yeah. Hopefully that will bring some more eyes um, to Ring of Honor. Their last pay-per-view final battle, Chef Kiss, um, as an honorable mention to me, honestly, of pay-per-view of the year. That was a great pay-per-view. It was five and a half hours long. If you got time, Go back and watch it. Definitely worth it. I just really hope that Athena gets her attention and her flowers this year. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, she Ring of Honor belts have been defended on every pay-per-view. Except However, the women. Yeah. The women has not. And we need to talk about that and we need to make that a thing. I need to see her on pay-per-view. Why is it that these randoms no shade are getting this attention when you literally have your champion sitting at home on Twitch. Make that make sense to me. So hopefully this is the year, um, a second year of Athena that we can see more of Athena, that Athena gets that attention. Um, I mean, the ring of honor belts are defended on AEW on their weekly shows, but again, Why we have not seen Athena. We have we not seen the women. So hopefully, um, the women's booking is better this year and she can get the flowers she deserves because I'm going to give them to her every chance I get. Well, mine goes to mommy. And <laughs> I say this because you rarely see a woman, a leader, it being a leader of a faction full of men. Mm -hmm. Her step, just her, her, she, in other words, her, where she was before WrestleMania or before the Royal Rumble, whatever the case it was, and where she is now, su like superstar. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And she's selling merch out the. I mean, 
Mommy's always on top. I mean, she's selling. Mm -hmm. I mean, her merch is selling. She's doing incredible work. She's on. She's doing promotional work in Australia right now for um, Elimination mm -hmm. Chamber. So, mm -hmm. I mean, she is really knocking it out of the park for me. She for this year, you know, you know, being champion and all that. Obviously, going from SmackDown Women's Champion to the World Women's Championship. You know, that rebranding of that title and. Mm -hmm. People were complaining in regards to the quality, of, not so much of the quality of the matches, but more of the quality of the opponent. But I'm just like she now. The obviously the one the match last Monday. We're gonna just forget about that ever even happened. We're gonna talk about that. I didn't think that was real. I thought that was like someone playing around, posting pictures. You know, people like fantasy book things on Twitter and stuff. I thought mm -hmm. that's what that was. I didn't know that was real. And I was like, oh, it happened. It's a thing. I truly, sincerely didn't think that was real. Like, yeah, that was that was a real match. And I can, I, I, I was just like, ooh. And so we're gonna uh, skip it. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fast forward a little bit. But all in all, I just think that this was a great year for her overall. Not mm -hmm. only in the ring, Growth. but out of the ring in the world. She grew as a superstar, grew as a person. Mm -hmm. And my last one is going to be male wrestler of the year. You got it. Who you got? Sami Zayn. Now, if you would have told right. me, if you would have told me, right, that mm -hmm. the year before this man was in a in a jackass match with Johnny Knoxville <laughs> and ended up in the main event of WrestleMania. Winning the tag team championship and again making history by being the second tag team match to main event WrestleMania in history. For those that don't know, the first time the first uh, main event of WrestleMania was uh, Mr. T and uh, Hulk Hogan against Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. But all I'm saying is to go from one extreme to the other in mm -hmm. a year's time, unbelievable in one year's time. And he was an intricate. I mean, he was. I mean, think about it. Think about how the, the, the how he ingratiated himself in the bloodline. And Paul Heyman said that was only supposed to be maybe one or two episodes. And then after that, it just became more became thing. and more mm -hmm. and more. And the, he had a damn honorary usher, man. So come mm -hmm. on now. So that's my pick for super for male superstar of the year, wrestler of the year. So I have kind of two. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason why I have to we'll get there is that I think that again I have to give props to MJF. Mm -hmm. Um, I think MJF has had a hell of a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not gonna spend too much time on that because mm -hmm. I think we know that MJF has had a hell of a year. Right. So I'm gonna speak a little sneaky that I didn't tell you. I gotta give an honorable mention to this category, and I think it's gonna maybe rub people the wrong way, but we'll see. My honorable mention for this category. Is Logan Paul. Okay. I if I had to do a top three, Logan Paul would be in my would be in that top three. Um, I think that people don't give respect to Logan Paul for mm -hmm. working on his craft because everyone sees him as this YouTuber and his personality. Right, like, of course. Let's be honest. That man gets in the ring and he goes, goes. every single time you can tell Absolutely. that he works on his match you can tell that he works on his craft he's done his studying he knows what he's doing mm -hmm. um something another random hot take um ricochet wasn't doing anything until him and Logan paul had their beef he elevated ricochet he's he only elevates he, whoever he's in the ring with he has They're no business to, being that good only been doing this for like a, a less than two years 100%. If you can go with Ricochet, and we all know Ricochet can go in the ring. Never been a doubt Agreed. that man high flies, he flips, he can do whatever. If you can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ricochet in the ring, you, you're, you're lighting in the bottle. So I have to give my honorable mention, again, I know it's probably going to run people wrong, to Logan Paul, because he has been killing it, and again, I don't think he gets enough credit for his work this year. If I was to be, a, if I was allowed to have an honorable mention, mm -hmm. it would be Gunther. All right, absolutely. He I mean, would, look yeah. at the look at the banger triple threat match he had at Mania with uh, Sheamus and Drew Ooh, McIntyre. Baby, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And making history look this his year. His his matches are are incredible. You know, making history, being now the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. Um, 
the list goes on and on. So in my opinion, if it was an honorable mention, it would definitely be Gunther. I mean, look at his body and his physique in the last year, too. Like, yeah. he has been putting in the work and doing things. People forget that that man could actually cut a promo, too, because he didn't need to talk. Right. His he practice spoke for talk. itself. He right. was good. But then you had a mic, and you're like, oh, okay. You kind of are the package, right? So, mm -hmm. like, Gunther had a really good year, and he's also, if I had to do a top five, Gunther would be on it easily. Got it, got it. So we had talked about doing some things in, in, in the new year regarding some women's wrestling. So let's just talk about that a little bit. All right. Um, so I don't want to give too much away, but I have been working um, with my boys from my podcast, Mid Carters and Catering Fellas. And I want to spend some more time highlighting women's wrestling in 2024 um, by doing some various watch alongs and some series on some key women in wrestling. And I think that you all will be very happy with what we have. Um, of course, we got D. Lou coming through on my first little episode coming through. Hopefully we can get that pushed out sometime in January, early February. Um, but again, like everyone, whenever I'm on any podcast, I always say that like women's wrestling does not get the attention, the love that it deserves. I think that it's highly underrated and it is my mission and my goal to jam it down anyone's throat who's willing to listen to me to preach the praises of women's wrestling. And I think that everyone always gives kudos to, you know, your China, your Trish Stratus. And I'm not taking anything away from them, but there are so many more women in wrestling and wrestling history that do not get that same attention. And I'm bringing them to you. We're deep diving into it this year. Oh, agreed. I, I, and I can't wait to talk it. about it. I've been I've been an advocate for women's wrestling since the uh, since the mid '80s, mm -hmm. and I'm talking about uh, the tag. There was the women's. It was the WWF Women's Tag Team Championships. It was only a few teams that held it, but the main feud from like '87 to '88 was the Jumping Bomb Angels, the girls from Japan against mm -hmm. the the Glamour Girls, uh, Leilani Kai and Judy Martin, and when when you got to watch their matches especially the the house show matches at the garden and getting that hot tag the, the you know the, the the bomb angels getting the hot tag and the fans were popping and they were wrestling mm -hmm. i mean they were chain wrestling they were doing all those type of things cuz Leilani Kai was a was a regular at, in Japan she used to go back and forth so she mm -hmm. has a lot of that japanese influence as well as far in her style and her work i've always enjoyed her work so i've always been an advocate for women's wrestling too. And I've always wanted to see them at the forefront, not just as eye candy, but Hey, they can get in there and mix it up too, whether it's mm -hmm. with women or even with the guys. So absolutely, I can't wait to come on, talk about it, go into the history books a little bit and discuss. And I think we, I think there needs to be a little bit more discussed as well. Absolutely. I look forward to having you on my channel as opposed to me yeah. joining yours all the time. Yeah, um, so definitely keep your ears and your eyes open for that. Um, like I said, my goal in 2024 is to chat more about women's wrestling. Um, let's, you know, we're going to do some deep diving and we're going to bring you to the current time. There's a lot. To, there's a lot to be covered for sure. For sure. And before we get out of here, I want to um, ask um, where can they find you on social media once again? You guys can find me at Hi Gabby, H-I-I-G-A-B-I-I. -I -I. And if you want to follow uh, me and the boys podcast, we're over at Mid Carters and Catering. You can find us where I listen to your podcast. All right. Well, like I said, we'll definitely be talking soon. And um, happy holidays to you. Happy as well. New Year. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the d -Loop Podcast. Once again, I want to thank Chris Cyborg for taking the time out of her extremely busy schedule from training and getting prepared for her fight against Kelsey Wickstrom, you know, to come on to the d -Loop Podcast and talk about, you know, her career and uh, where she's at and where she's headed. And also, I want to thank Gabby for, once again, you know, talking wrestling with me on this show. You know, just to let you guys know, you know, next, obviously, this coming um Monday is Christmas. I do celebrate Christmas, y'all. And, you know, that week, uh, that Thursday, you know, usually I will do a um, a show, but it's also going to be a best of DLU podcast episode, you know, to give, you know, get ready for the new year. So in the event, if you all didn't, you know, check out some uh, previous episodes, I'm going to, you know, give you guys a special treat and, you know, put together a compilation of some really cool interviews that I did this year. 
And as you all celebrate, you know, the holiday season with your family and your loved ones, and we'll be kicking off 2024 in high gear. I have so many plans, you know, in store for this show, where it's headed. And if you guys didn't know that the video version of the interview I did with Chris is actually on my YouTube channel. So go check out, you know, my YouTube channel. It's if you go to youtube.com you know, forward slash the real DT Lou, or if you just go on a search engine on YouTube and you could look me up, uh, Derek T. Lewis, you can do that as well. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button on my YouTube channel. In addition to hitting the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, whichever platform that you're on hit subscribe so you automatically get all new content you know my store is still open shop.daratlewis.com get your hoodies and tees from there stream our music you know the vibes you know espacion is out now with angie stars all platforms stream that you can also watch the music video on youtube vivo title and apple music well i'm gonna get out of here and as i always say no matter what it is you do in life Always remember to make it count, and happy holidays. Take care.